for a massive 2019. How many had a good start already? I don't know about you, but I'm full of expectation for this year. In fact, I really believe God wants to surprise some people in this place with how good it's gonna get. It's gonna get really good this year. I don't know what your previous years have been like, but I wanna declare God's promises over your life. He's gonna overtake you with His blessings. How many believe that this year? Come on, we serve a good God who's for us. And if God be for us, who can be against us? And He wants to do good things in your life. He wants to do good things in this community. And uh, I really believe we're living under our open heaven in Jesus' name. In fact, uh, I don't know how many were out on Friday night at the Spark Arena, if you're there, open heaven coming together as a collective church in Auckland just to pray and to think that we got six and a half thousand people out on our anniversary weekend to a prayer meeting. How many know that's revival right there? I know a lot of people are exiting the city, but to come in in unified prayer and to pray for our city, for our nation, man, there's an open heaven and and when brethren dwell together in unity, here's the deal, God, He what? He commands a blessing. It's not suggested, it's a command. You know, anything God commands can't be stopped. So a blessing is gonna come your way when we dwell together in unity in Jesus' name. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, it's gonna be a good year. It's gonna be a good, 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 good year, good year, good year. I know it's anniversary weekend. Come on, we're celebrating our city. How many reckon we live in the best city in New Zealand? Best city in the world. Some of you remain unconvinced because you're from other places. It doesn't matter, you're here right now. And Auckland is an amazing place to be. Today, you made a great decision. I don't know if this is your first time in church. I don't know whether at the start of the year you said, well, I'm gonna make a habit of coming to church in 2019. Well, if you did, you made a great decision. And uh, we'd like to welcome you here. We're just one big family who are believing God to do something amazing in our life, challenging one another to go higher in Jesus. And, and we're glad you joined us. If you're from out of town, got some friends from Brisbane here, got people from all over here. It's great to have you here this morning. Also, where, where's Mel and Simon, recently married? Mel and Simon, where are they? This is their last Sunday in church before, before they head to our church in Berlin to be the young adult pastors over there. So we're praying for God's blessing, God's favor, God's hand on their life. Come on, give them a big hand. We're praying. And only a month married and already on mission in Jesus' name. Man, so much has been happening. Do you know, this is my first Sunday in church, in this church, should I say. I've been at church just in Melbourne and other places around and preaching over there. But my first Sunday at home. Man, it's good to be home. I'm ready this morning, ready to go. Man, so much has been happening though. We had summer revolution for the youth and ran that in the north and the south. Young adults gatherings. The guys were playing at Festival One. Festival One, uh, last night, was it? Last night, yeah, just last night. Nailed it, unbelievable time of worship there. Wow, 
Things are happening all over the place. Steve Graham's back from Europe. I'm ministering in our churches in Europe, and he's fired up, ready to go for another year. How about you? Yeah. How about lift your hands right where you are? Because we want God's presence more than anything else. That's what you came to church for, not just to hear a message, to encounter Him. Lord, we open our hearts, we open our spirits this morning. We pray you come and speak to us. We need your word. We're hungry for your word. Lord, we, we don't want to live by anything else. Lord, I pray, pray your word would shape us, would mold us. Lord, would enable us to live out everything that you've purposed and promised for our life. Lord, we're hungry for you this morning. Lord, we want to set this year apart for your purpose. Lord, come and do greater. Come and do more, we pray in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you. You love us this morning. Lord, your love is towards each and every one of us. It doesn't matter where we've been, what we've done. Lord, you love us. You love us so, so much. Lord, I pray you pour out your love in this place. Pour out your love in this city. Lord, we pray. We thank you, Lord, that this is our, our time. Lord, that this is the hour. Lord, you're calling your people to rise up and... Uh, Lord, we, we say we're going to do everything that we can to extend your kingdom in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. How about give three or four people a high five just before you take your seat. Say, welcome to church. Great to be in church this morning. All right. All right. How many have made some New Year's resolutions this year? Anybody made some New Year's resolutions? In fact, you know, you see on social media right now, there's a whole lot of th people doing the 10-year challenge. Who's done the 10-year challenge? The 10-year challenge is looking back 10 years, finding a photograph of yourself, and see how you look in comparison to that. And uh, many people, you know, go, man, there's a whole lot of improvements, actually. How many know some people have looked better today than they did back then? I don't know what it is, plastic surgery or what. <laughs> no. uh, but anyway, people are looking back. You know, as a church, I, I really believe the challenge is not to look back, it's to look forward. And uh, right now, what I want you to do is just think, uh, how old would you be in 10 years' time? Uh, some of you are going, I don't want to go there. I'm encouraging you to go there in your mind. Right now, take your age and add 10 years. And some of you just might want to verbalize it. It will release the fear. You know, some of you go, I don't want to be that old. Really? That's old. How many are a little bit freaked out right now? You know, freaked out by how old you will be in 10 years. You know, I'm saying as a church, you know, I really believe the next 10 years are going to be nothing like the last 10 years. Uh, last 10 years have been amazing. But I really believe there's going to be an acceleration in the spirits. And uh, we're about to have a quantum leap. There's about to be a quantum leap. As some of you are old enough to remember the program. You know, quantum leap, you remember the show. But I really believe there's going to be a quantum leap in the spirit where everything that we're seeing is like we're not going to be able to put in the calculate, uh, calculator and determine what's going to happen in the next 10 years because God's going to do even uh, far and beyond. Come on, our God is able to do exceedingly, uh, abundantly, above 
Come on, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Come on, that's what it is. Our God is what? He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask, think, or imagine. And He's able to do it according to the, the, the power that, that works within us. Works within us. And, uh, you know, it's, it's Him be the glory in the church. You know, and I really believe over the next 10 years, we're going to see stuff that, that we, can't, uh, we couldn't have even imagined. And, and when it comes to resolutions and, and uh, believing and having an expectation for this year, I think we've got to go big. Turn to your neighbor and say, come on, it's time to go big. We can't live small when you serve a big God. And I love the fact that when it comes to making resolutions, you know, some of us, we've made them already and we've already fallen off the bandwagon. And it's only January. But I love the fact that when it comes to God, God's the God of the second chance, the third chance, the fourth chance. And many people, when it comes to making New Year's resolutions, believing for things, you know, they think, well, it didn't happen last year. It hasn't happened before. You know, I tried that and it didn't work out. So, so I'm not going to give it a go this year. But I, I want to say, you know, it's time to go again. It's time to believe again. It's time to reach out again. And just because it didn't happen last year doesn't mean it's not going to happen this year. Come on, God wants to do something amazing in your life. God wants to do something incredible in this house in Jesus' name. This is going to be our best year ever. We're going to see the biggest harvest of souls. There's going to be a harvest of peace. There's going to be a harvest of joy. There's going to be increase in Jesus' name. You know, I like what Amos chapter 9 says. It talks about how the reaper is going to overtake the sower. The message version says, blessing, it's all going to happen all at the same time. How many can believe that this year, that every area of their life is going to be blessed? Because so many of us, you know, we come into church and we, you know, we've got a need and we want to see an area blessed. But I, I really believe God wants to, for an explosion to happen where every area of our life is blessed in Jesus' name. Come on, if you, you got that in your spirit, you want that to land in your spirit, I want you to give God a big clap of praise right now. Come on, let's give Him a big clap of praise. Every area blessed. Every area. Uh, but, you know, the thing is, when it comes to making goals and believing for things, many of us, you know, we have an order of how we want God to work, and, and we often prioritize things in an order. And so, you know, when it comes, we're Christians, so yeah, we go, okay, of course Jesus is first. You know, I, I want to make Jesus my priority this year. How many want to do that? That's a good thing to do. But, but then we, we rank them, and then we think next, well, well then family comes next because relationships are important. So, so I've got to prioritize family. You know, first, Jesus, second, family. You know, third, you know, I, I know I'm called to my career, my job, and, and, and that's number three. And, uh, you know, I need to live. And so, you know, even my finances, you know, there's an order there, four, that's four. And, and, and we often prioritize our goals, you know, around that. You know, most people, you know, who are in church would, would, would put Jesus at the top of their list uh, because that's a noble thing to do. Well, of course, you're going to give them the top spot. You know, however, in that, I've found that's not very effective in some ways. You know, when it gets down to the grind of everyday life, it's like, okay, Jesus top and then, you know, family and then career, and then finances, and then sport, and all these other things, you know, uh, we, we, we have this list, 
but I found when we do that, it's almost like our, our lives are in conflict all the time. It's like we're being pulled into to different directions because what we've done is we've departmentalized our life and, and we've put God in this box, we've put family here, and we've put career here. And, and it's all, we've got all these boxes, but, but our life's not integrated. I, I want to challenge to say that when it comes to walking in all that God's purpose for your life, you know, God has got different divisions. You know, He's not just wanting to work in one area and one aspect of your life. He's wanting to work in all of your life. But, but in our goal setting, we, we, we segregate things and we, we departmentalize things. You know, what, what does it mean to put God first and then family second? You know, uh, what does it mean? You know, these other things that are important. Does that mean, you know, I put Jesus before my family? Uh, does that mean I ignore my family and spend more time in prayer? You know, what does that mean? Uh, does that mean I'm intentionally mean to my family? Yeah, you because know, some people say, well, I'm living for Jesus. You know, and they, they, they can be an angel in church and a devil at home. You know, what does that mean? You know, does it mean I, I, I neglect my career in order to put Jesus first? You know, what does it mean? See, I find many people set goals for their life and then they, they give Jesus the obligatory number one spot and they wonder why life doesn't work. They, they, they wonder why everything feels forced and there's no flow. I, I, I really am believing this year that we're going to get a rhythm in our life. You know, how, how many know, uh, you look at some people do some stuff and you think, man, they just do it so easily. It, it comes with ease. And, and, and then you try and do it and go, oh, Flip, this is real hard. And, and it's like they're coordinated and you're not. You know, it's like when, you, when you've got coordination, you've got rhythm and you've got flow and, and, and everything flows. Come on, how many want to, to experience a godly rhythm in their life this year? You know, a rhythm in your family, a rhythm in your workplace, a rhythm with your health. And the Bible talks about that in the message, Jesus said, come on, learn the unforced rhythms of my grace. The unforced rhythms. You know, I don't know about you, but around Christmas, you know, you get a lot of things, gifts given, and they come in packages that need assembly. And one thing I'm useless at is assembling things because, you know, I think I know how it should go. And so I don't read the instructions because yeah, I know, you know, it's obvious it goes all together. But, you know, I put it all together and then I've got missing parts at the end. And, and I'm thinking, like, this isn't working. And, and, and what I've done in the past, I've learned. New year, new me. Uh, I've learned. But what I've done in the past is this should go in here. I know it goes in here. So I take the thing and I try and force it to go in, but it's never meant to fit. And in forcing it, I break it. Come on, how many have done that before? The thing you've been given is brand new and it's already broken and you haven't even assembled it. You know, some people, you know, even this year, it's just January, you're trying to force things and you wonder why already you're feeling under it. But, but I really believe God wants to bring a rhythm to your life. And one thing I've learned in the assembling of things 
is don't force it. If you, you force it, it's not meant to be. Yeah, yeah, you need to knock on doors. Yeah, you, need to, you need to do some stuff. But, 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 but there's, there's a rhythm. There, there's a rhythm. And, and in God, things fit together. Aren't you glad He's the master designer? Aren't you glad that He's got the master plan to your life? And when it comes to your life, things fit. And He wants to bring a, thro- a, a, a flow to your life. You know, too many of us... You know, when it comes to our life, you know, we've got church, we've got family. It's just uncoordinated. And, and, and we're walking through life gumbo. It's like we can't catch anything that God throws our way. It's like hands all over the place, legs and limbs. It's just like, you know, it's, it's coming at us. God's, God's throwing us stuff, but it's like, ugh. You know, and, and it's like, in, in this area, I'm trying to work it out on my, in my own strength. You know, in, in this area, I trust God. In this area, I believe God. In, in this area, but, but not that, no, nah, this is my thing. Uh, this is my deal. Here's the challenge I want to give you today. Here's the challenge. You're ready for it. See, when you look at your goals and your priority, my, uh, the challenge I want to give you is, is not to put Jesus first this year. Some of you are going, am I at the right church? Quick, where's the door? Uh, is, uh, that sounds like heresy. That's downright scandalous in many things. But, but I want you quickly to consider this passage in Colossians before, because maybe this suggests an alternative and a better way of seeing things and viewing things. You know, here's a passage in, in Colossians. Colossians chapter one, if you've got your Bible, let's go there. Colossians one, uh, verse 15, it, it says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. How many want to get to know God this year? Well, study Jesus. Because he's the visible image of the invisible God. Look at the life of Jesus and you'll know God. Seek Jesus out. He goes, he existed before anything was created. He is supreme over all creation. He's not just supreme, he's super supreme. And that's not a pizza. He's supreme over all creation. For through him, God created, he created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things which we can see and the things that we can't see. So, so right, right now around the world, there's things that we can see. We know they exist. But how many know there's things that exist that we can't see? You can't see the wind, but it exists. You can feel the impact of it. And so he created the things that we can see and the things that we can't see. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else. And he holds all creation together. He holds it all together. Christ is also the head of the church. Not Sam Monk, not any other leader. Jesus is the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme. I like that. Supreme over all who rise from the dead. He is the first in everything. For God in all His fullness was pleased to live in Christ and through God reconciled everything to Himself. Now, now you've got to get this. I like that Jesus is first in order. 
and first in importance. But when it comes to ordering our life this year, instead of having Jesus, then our family, and Jesus, then our career, or Jesus, then our health, what about instead of having Jesus, then something, we have Jesus in all things? Yeah, what about instead of putting Jesus first in your life this year, we put Jesus at the center of our life? Yeah, so He can get the glory in every aspect of our life. It's not Jesus, then our family, it's Jesus in our family. It's not Jesus, then our career, it's Jesus in our career. Come on, somebody. It's not Jesus, then our finances, it's Jesus in our finances. Come on, God wants to center you right at the beginning of 2019 because the reality is some of us get off balance. You know, we go, well, I did the, uh, the Jesus thing. I just went too hard on that and, you know, I neglected family. And so then we go on the other end of the seesaw over to family and we neglect God and, and we're seesawing. You know, it's like we, we need to always try to counterbalance something and we're not centered. But God wants to center us. And when you're centered, is then you find rhythm and flow in Jesus' name. Come on, is this helping anybody this morning? A few people. Come on, help me out a little bit. <laughs> Come on, this is the Christian life. The Christian life is meant to be everything in our life revolves around Jesus. He's not just the first in order. He is the center of our orbit. See, see, I believe this could change how we approach this year. So, so many of us look at things wrong. Uh, I like Steve is teaching. He's, he blows my mind in many ways, you know, just what he's able to pull out. Uh, but one thing he, he showed a picture of uh, recently at a leadership meeting I was at was a bridge. And I'm going to put a photo of a bridge up on the screen. This is a, a bridge in Honduras. So it's going to go up on screen. Some of you may have seen this before, but here's a beautiful bridge. Some of you right now, trying to work out what's up with that bridge. Because how many know the bridge is not over the river? See, what happened was a storm came through and moved the river. A storm came, and now the, the bridge is redundant. It's a beautiful, well-engineered, well-designed bridge. In fact, US Today said, here's a bridge that's taking people from nowhere to nothing. You know, the danger in our lives is when we live without Christ, how, how many know? <laughs> We're not fulfilling our God-given mandates. You know, maybe a beautiful life, well-lived life, but, but, you know, in the end, you know, we're to take people from, from a place to, to Jesus. And, and, you know, the funny thing is, uh, Steve says that, yeah, even on the prospectus of the, of the engineering company, the Japanese engineering company that designed this bridge, uh, is a picture of that, that bridge, you know, because that bridge survived the storm. It survived the storm. It's well-engineered, well-designed, well, but it's not fulfilling its purpose. Here's what I really believe God's saying in 2019. He's saying the river's moved, and you can't rely on what you did yesterday. The river's moved. You need to see things differently. Otherwise, you'll miss out on what God is about to release. The, the river's shifted, 
is shifted and we need to look at things from a different paradigm. I really believe in the Spirit. God wants to give us a new mode of transportation this year. I I love Henry Ford because, you know, he was a game changer in so many senses. He brought about the car, you know, and and he said, if I just gave people what they wanted, I would have given them faster horses. How, How many know a car beats a faster horse? But so many of us right now, you know, because we think about things wrong, we're just trying to get more mileage out of that horse. We're trying to whip that horse. Come on, horse. Get moving. But God says, hey, I've got a different mode of transportation. I've got a car this year that I want you. I've even got a plane. You know, where once you thought things were impossible, you know, where once you had to get in a ship to go overseas, now we've got planes, we can go there faster. You know, who would have, back in the 20s, who would have thought the travel that you and I experience today would even be possible? Got two Canadians on the front row here. It's just like in New Zealand, it's like people traveling the globe all over the place because they thought outside. Because they didn't just go, well, how does, a, how does a horse cross the Atlantic? You know, it's like, you know, so many of us, we've got old ways of thinking. We're trying to whip that horse. But even that, some of us, our horses are dead. And here's the deal. If the horse is dead, dismount. Come on, God's got something bigger. The river has moved. The river has moved, and if you're living today, and today as well, with yesterday's strategy, you're stuck. I'm just saying, if you're living, you know, your Christian life off yesterday's paradigm, you know, if you're relying on yesterday's mana, you're stuck, and you'll never be able to apprehend the promises of God. Come on, I'm speaking to those who've been around church for a wee while, who for all this is familiar. Come on, I'm saying don't rest this year. Don't, 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 don't just settle for what you have. Come on, let's dream bigger. Let's plan to succeed. Let's plan to expand in Jesus' name. Not just in one or two areas of our life, but in every area of our life. This is your year. Uh, we need to approach things differently. Rather than having Jesus then, is Jesus in. So the question, just three areas. I'm gonna target this morning, three areas. What it means to have Jesus in. What does it mean to have Jesus in our career? I'm talking to the moms. I'm talking to the students. I'm talking to people in different vocations here. What what, what does it mean to have Jesus in our daily lives? This is important. How many know this is important? I know this is important because God wants you to make a difference in the world. He's called you and I. Uh, uh, the salt of the earth, the, the light of the world. You know, when it comes to, to light, you know, you switch on a light in a dark room, darkness doesn't have an option. It, it makes a difference wherever it goes. Salt, nothing happens to salt, but salt happens to everything. You know, how many know fries without salt are not fries? Yeah, you need salt on those things. And salt makes a huge difference. And everywhere you and I are, you know, not just, you know, people box it into a Sunday, a weekend, or a meeting, an e-group at a home. No, everywhere you and I are, we're called to bring kingdom influence. 
and we're called to bring in the impact. You know, a lot, a lot of people say, well, you know, I'll do it when I feel like it. Uh, that's some of the biggest mistakes that people make. They wait till they feel it. But we've got to let our daily activity take on greater significance than just earning a paycheck or training for something that we're going to retire from. See, many people give their lives, they train, which is good, I endorse their training, but, but you're going to retire from that. But here's the deal, when it comes to your Christianity, you never retire from your walk with Jesus. You know, in fact, we should never go on holiday from our walk with Jesus. We go on holiday from our careers, but, but Jesus needs to be in every aspect of our life. And God has called you to that vocation. He's placed you there. For a reason, come on, don't be indifferent to God's purpose being revealed in your workplace. Don't be indifferent when it comes to God's purpose being revealed at university or even among your children's activities. Man, on the playground, you can, you can, you can see kingdom purpose being outworked. Wherever you are, you carry the presence of God. You carry it and you can make a difference. See, so many people will go, oh, well, you know, that's Sunday, and we, 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 we segregate, we, we departmentalize. Yeah, Jesus said, I have my devotion at the beginning of the day, I give my God time there, and then the rest of the time is work time or me time. Uh, what if we live 24-7 understanding that He gives us the breath in our lungs, and it's all His time? Come on, it's all His time. It's not living, well, well I, I tune in for 10 minutes, you know, worship God, give that, read my Bible, and then go live how I want to live. No, it's me seeking God out, seeking God out for innovation, seeking God out for wisdom. Come on, how many would like that in their workplace? Seeking God out for new ideas. Come on, God wants to bring new ideas to your world. Seeking God out for, for opportunities. I really believe this is a year of divine opportunities. In Jesus' name. You know, it's Jesus in, in. You know, many people, you know, when it comes to even their careers, they get so absorbed with it, they can even become workaholics. And they don't, they don't run businesses. The businesses run them, determine what they do and what they don't do. You know, I even, you've got to get a conviction as a pastor because, you know, leading you all can be a big job. And I've got to have a conviction, I live with a conviction. I need a day off. I, I need a Sabbath. It's really important to honor God. And in fact, if I don't, I'm violating you know, I, I, the way that the world works, the way that God's created things to work. And, and you know, uh, when, when I say I'm too busy to do this and I don't have a Sabbath and I don't take time to honor God, worship together with God's people, do you know what I, I'm saying in essence? I'm saying, God, I don't trust you. It's saying, God, I don't trust you. I, I don't trust you enough that I, I've got to work all this out. You know, I, I can't just leave it with you for a day. You know, I've got to order all this. And, and actually coming to church and saying, I'm, I'm going to worship and saying, God, I trust you. I, I trust you with my life. I, I know I'm not you. Now, too many of us are trying to take the place of God in our lives. That, that we don't even take a step back. And, and, and yeah, we work in a business, but, uh, but, but yeah, 
in the end, that shouldn't determine what we do and what we don't do. Come on, never be too busy that you can't prioritize the house of God. There's the elements of trust. Yeah, and, and I felt, you know, even a rebuke as a pastor. Yeah, come on, Sam, you just need to trust me. The church is all right. They'll be all right. You know, the church is, and, and it's a trust thing. It's a trust. You know, here's, here's the deal. That's not an excuse to be lazy. Because Colossians 3 says, you know, work willingly at whatever you do as though you're working for the Lord rather than for people. So that's a good instruction when it comes to, you know, if we've got bosses, who are we working for? We're not working for our boss, we're working for, and, and guess what? He's omnipresent. So he knows when you're being slack. He knows when you're, you know, trying to cheat the system. You know, when it, when it comes to work, we work as unto the Lord. Come on, let's in 2019 honor God with the work of our hands. What you've got to understand is God has called us to produce. You know, that's part of the thing. He says, come on, I want you to produce. Go forth, you know, multiply, increase. God doesn't want us to live an unproductive life. In fact, the Bible, if you read Scripture, the, the Bible views waste Worse than it does failure. Many of us are wasting time. We're wasting you know, time thinking, well, I'll just wait for something to happen. No, you're better to step out and fail than do nothing. Come on, don't be the servant who buried their talent in the ground. Come on, you're better to get going and doing something and fail than sit back and wonder and hope that, that the right time will come. Come on, come on, I, I, I want to put a fire in your belly this morning. You know, when it comes to your life, God has a purpose for your everyday activities. And God has created us to produce. You know, when it comes to your job, you know, it freaked me out. When I first got married, I had a job in retail. And uh, I was working with this guy who, you know, didn't take showers much. He was overweight. And uh, he said this this. Thing to me that scared the heck out of me. He said to me, hey, hey, do you know, you know, even after you get married, because we're about to get married, he goes, you'll be spending more time with me, more awake hours with me than you will your wife. Man, I had to leave that job quickly. <laughs> yeah, quickly. But do you know, in a lot of ways, you know, your work, you're spending more awake hours in a lot of places with your workmates. Then, then you are with it. Come on, you've got to find kingdom purpose in that. Come on, if you're not finding it, some of us are just doing things because we've already done it. I, I challenge you to get a God vision for your workplace. It's not Jesus, then your career. It's Jesus in your career, in Jesus' name. I'm going to have to skip, but here's the deal. Psalm 127 says this. It says, unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who build it. And that's your house, that's that, this house, unless the Lord's in it. You're, you're just wasting hours. All those, that, unless, God, unless you find God in it, unless God, God, the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. So, so many of our activity, you know, it's just going to come to nothing because we haven't found God in it. We have our God part, then we have our part. No, we need to find God in. Every aspect of our life. 
No, you, you've got to hear this. Okay, number, th- uh, number two is, uh, I need to keep moving, otherwise I'm not going to get through it. Okay, in our relationships. How do we bring God into the center of our relationships? Uh, right now, I want you to think about all the p- different people you relate to. That's a diverse set. In fact, the diversity in this room right now is proof that God's working in this place. Because people don't normally cross over borders and boundaries to hang out with people who are not like them. But God's grace enables that to happen. And that diversity, I'm about to prepare a wedding message for Josh and Polly's wedding. Getting married soon. You know, wedding messages are hard to prepare because you've got a diverse group of people. You know, people from way back in Nam and, uh, you know, people, you know, you grew up with, family, friends, you know, and they all have different interests and different things. And so, you know, you've got to cater sometimes for all those different interest groups in preparing a wedding message. And it's like, man, sometimes it's a little bit hard. You know, I, I believe it's, it's important that we understand God's vision for our relationships. God's vision. Because either the, every day we're either carrying people to one or two destinations, either closer to Jesus or further away. See, as a believer, it's our opportunity and our responsibilities of, 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 of responsibility as followers of Jesus Christ to, to draw people into a relationship. Not to necessarily preach to them, but at least to invoke a curiosity where where people notice something different about us. See, to, to measure a relationship success is not to measure how close we can get to that person. Because that's how many people evaluate relationships today. It's like, how close can I get to that person? Uh, To measure the success of a relationship is how close can I get that person to Jesus? Because how many know without Jesus, they're not going to live in their potential? It's it's only Jesus who can release our God-given potential. And so many people are in people's worlds because it's almost like they, so they can, so I can feel good about me. But the relationships in my, my, my world are there so I, so I can draw them to Jesus. I like what John the Baptist said because I believe there's a point in every relationship where you must decrease that Jesus, that He might increase. You know, John the Baptist had to say that to his disciples because as soon as they saw Jesus, they left John and went to Jesus. And he said, yeah, there was a time coming. It doesn't matter because if they were Jesus, they're in the right place. And there's a point where I must decrease that he might increase in a person's life. Come on, how do you view the relationships in your world? Uh, we need to have a vision for that. Uh, when, when it comes to somebody you know, working out the whole marriage deal, how many know marriage can be challenging from time to time? You know, I'm glad I've got Jesus in my marriage. You know, otherwise, who knows what, what could have been, what could have happened? You know, I don't want just Jesus at church and then in our marriage. You know, I, no, I want Jesus at the center. You know, when it comes to my children, I thank God my, my, my kids are in the house of God. They love church. You know, but they wouldn't be in church if I preached one thing up here and acted totally differently at home. 
You know, if I said nice words to everybody else, but was a monster at home. Some of us, it's like, you know, by the way, our family have loud voices. You know, sometimes, uh, you know, can we just say that a little bit quieter? It's just like, ah, (laughs) but I'm saying, okay, cool, loud voice. But come on, let's make sure that the words in our home, and sometimes we have to arrest it because, you know, it's just, let's make sure the words in our home are edifying. The, The words in our home build up. You know, sometimes in our, our New Zealand humor, you know, we can be a little bit sarcastic and everything like that, and it pulls down. But come on, let's edify, let's build up. In our relationships, by building people up, you're actually being used of God. Come on, let's be encouraging. Let's not be complaining. You know, let's not just come home with a whole lot of complaints. Let's not whinge. You know about things. Come on, there's always th- something to celebrate in Jesus' name. Oh, do I get an amen there? Come on, it's not Jesus just in the house of God on a Sunday. Come on, it's Jesus when we go home on a Monday and after we've had a hard day at work. It's Jesus in those conversations. It's Jesus in those relationships. L- listen to, to, to what John says in 1 John, and this is how we live as a church. See, when you have Jesus at the center, it's impossible to leave relational issues unresolved. When Jesus is at the center, you have to address things. You know, 1 John 1, 7 says, you know, if we walk in the light as Christ Jesus is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Come on, you, you wanna go to a deeper level in your relationships? Walk in the light. Don't avoid issues, resolve issues. Don't go from church to church thinking the next church will resolve your issue. No, deal with the issue, walk in the light. As Christ Jesus is in the light, then you'll go to a deeper level of fellowship and it says, listen to this, and that the blood of Jesus may cleanse you from all unrighteousness. See, when you've got Jesus at the center, it means he'll provoke you to have awkward conversations. Conversations that you may not feel comfortable with, and they might, but you're just bringing it to the light. Where healing can come and where God's grace can move. You know, when it comes to, to having Jesus in our relationships, you know, we've got to serve like Christ. And, and, and the Bible talks about putting others' needs above our own. Listen to Romans chapter 12, just quickly a few verses. It says, Romans 12 verse 9, it says, don't pretend, just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hate what is wrong. You know, something that people are going down the wrong path, you know, bring it up. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. How many think there's some good instruction right there? Come on, there's some great reminders there. What is it? You know, hate what is wrong. Hold to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. You know, honor each other. Never be lazy. Work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Prefer others. Learn to play second fiddle. Uh, you see, uh, growing up in our household, we never had a family devotion because, you know, we tried that and it didn't work because it just turned into chaos. 
But, but Jesus was part of our home and part of our activities. You know, people can have family devotions and then go leave that devotion and, you know, be contentious, complain about things. No, have Jesus in everything. You know, look at the conversation of your home. You know, when it comes to your relationships, when was the last time you opened your mouth and invited somebody to church? Come on, I, I want you to think about that. When you actually opened your mouth and invited somebody to come and experience what you know. You know it's gone real quiet. Because some of us haven't done that for a while. Why not in 2019? Just say, man, uh, this year I'm going to open my mouth. I'm going to be a bringer into the house of God. I want people to experience what I've experienced. Yeah, I want God in my relationships. I want to give them every, every opportunity. I'm not just going to remain silent. I'm not just going to do this, this thing on Sunday that a lot of my friends don't know about. I, you know, some of our workmates don't even know we go to church. Oh, we were you on the weekend. Oh, I just hang out with the crew. Oh, what did you do? Sing a few songs, yeah, guitar out. Yeah, it was, it was a good time. You know, it's, it's like disguised it all. You know, it's like, no, I was in the house of God. Church. Man, you should come check it out sometime. It's not what you think. Yeah, it's just, I want people to experience this. We've got a good thing going on here. And we'll harm people to know it. In Jesus' name. Last one, if we could have the musicians up is in our circumstances. How do you put Christ in the center of your circumstances? How many know stuff happens in life? It just happens. It's beyond our understanding, beyond our control. You lose a job. Someone who you love doesn't love you back. You can't control that. You lose a loved one. See, there's situations and circumstances that are always trying to knock us off center. But I love verse 17 in Colossians. It says, He existed before anything else. And He holds all creation together. He holds it together. In other words, He's in the middle of it. What do we do when we face difficulty? What do we do? Do we throw our toys out of the cot? Or do we hold fast to what it declares here? He holds everything together. See, I, I believe we're gonna live in such a way that we never question God's goodness. God is good. It's in His nature. I don't understand everything, but I know He's good. And He works all things together for good. See, that, that's what it means. Yeah, these things that I don't understand and I probably won't understand until eternity. So yeah, what? And I'll say, God, what was that all about? But I know He holds it all together. And He's working. And I can trust Him because God is good. Come on, I want us to say that all together right now because some of us, you know, we need to hear it deep down in our spirits because we've questioned God's goodness in the past. We got mad at God. Yeah, you can vent at God, but in the end, what you've got to come to in your heart is God is good. He loves me. He's for me. He's working on my behalf and He can work all things together for good for those who love Him in accord according to His purpose. Come on, I want you to declare with your mouth right now, God is good. Come on, shout it out right now. God is good. Come on, God is good.
I can trust Him with every area of my life, with everything that's going on right now. Because some of you, you don't have to say that, but uh, thank you anyway. Some of you, it's just like, I don't know. Now, having, having lived this life for a wee while now, there's some seasons I've gone, look, where the heck are you, God? But in the middle of them, you know, when I was sick, going through a hard time, didn't know different things. Just said, God, you're good. Now looking back, I look back and go, you're really good. You are really, really, really good. I couldn't have even have orchestrated this if I tried. You know, you've brought this together. You're the master artist. You've, you know, you've created a, a masterpiece here that's beyond that. Come on, God is good. Come on, when you're going through different things this year, all is you need to hold on to, for God, you're good. God, you're good. God, you're working for me. God, you're for me. And, and never let the devil get you off center. See, things get thrown away to get us off center, to get us, you know, miserable. You know, devil is good at getting a whole lot of guys retreating into their cave. I want to say, young man, older man, get out of your cave this year. You need fellowship. A lot of mental health exists because people are isolated. Isolated in different places. The enemy's good because, you know, it gets them thinking, I'm no good. Oh, you know, all this is going on. I can't handle it. Overwhelmed. And the next minute we retreat. No, God is good. God is good. God's got something good for me today. He wants to do something in and through the relationships in my world. Uh, I need God's put people around me who can hold up my hands when they hang down. Come on. God is good in Jesus' name. Come on. How many believe that? Come on, it's God at the center. It's God at the center of everything, at the center. It's not Jesus then, it's Jesus in. Jesus in every aspect of my life. In Jesus. We could go on, but time's done. And I'm not gonna go on because you're all getting tired and hungry. Okay, how about standing to your feet right now? When you go from this place, I pray He's gonna be at the center center of all your activities. What we're going to do is we're going to sing this song. The song we're going to sing is Jesus at the center of it all. What a prayer to pray after you just heard a message like that. Eh? It's like, Jesus, I wonder whether we'll make that our prayer. This year, come on, our dedication, the dedication of our heart. Because some of us, Jesus hasn't been in our workplace. God hasn't, Jesus hasn't been at our sports games. Jesus hasn't been at some relationships, but we're just saying this is our dedication this year to put Jesus at the center of everything.